afternoon drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome to Championship Thursday on a rainy day in Denver. Good afternoon. Welcome Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry, watch us, MileHighSports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products, Twitter feed, at T. Fry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. We have a lot to get to, a lot of huge stories in the world of sports today. Locally, we know it's the Avalanche Parade and Rally. However, a bombshell. Out of the Pac-12, a bombshell in the NBA. We'll get to all of that over the next couple of hours. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew. Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. Quite a parade and rally, don't you think, today? The line of the day was from our friend Peter McNabb, and I'm going to paraphrase because I wasn't taking notes or listening exactly. But he said, you know, these guys are just in amazing shape. They, they are so zealous about remaining in great physical condition over the course of a season, through thick and thin, through personal life tra- tra- travails, through everything. But all bets are off today. I, honest to God, I didn't think I knew anyone who could drink like Danny Hynote. <laughs> and I think Eric we, Johnson? I think, yeah, I think he has been drunk throughout, and I'm not even saying that as no, a knock. No. It's probably a compliment as much as anything else. But it was quite a rally today. I felt like I was watching a fraternity party where a bunch of guys were just having a great time. It felt very different. They, were, they should have worn togas. Seriously, right? Yeah. Yeah, Eric Stratton, Rush Chairman, damn glad to meet you. Yeah. Um, 0.0. Watching the... 0.0. Watching the rally yeah, today... Kemper's goes against average, by the way. It was in game two. Yeah was in game two and it was pretty close in game in game six but i digress uh when i watched the broncos pray in 2015 it did not have the same tone i'm not suggesting it didn't have the same excitement but it certainly did not have the same tone and by the way um for those that believe and it's probably true a lot of bandwagoners i get it yeah but for a niche sport Wow, were there a lot of people at that parade and rally? Well, there have been before in the two previous Stanley Cup. Not like that. Not like that. I haven't seen the crowd figures. They were talking about nearly a million people. Well, when it comes to crowd size, I just want to make sure (laughs) no one is bringing in loaded weapons. And from what I understand, no loaded weapons were taken from anybody. But the bandwagon was full, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's an all-American phenomenon. And I even think that, and I've said this before, the hockey, the proprietary hockey, hockey first, hockey only ho- sports fans are getting it this time. They say, "Come on, let's get, join the tri- join the join the bandwagon. Have some fun. Let's all have some fun. Let's sing that stupid song." Well, I thought that Blink One Eighty Two was going to show up. I did too. I really thought, and, and when Alan Roach was closing it out as the MC or the master of ceremonies, he fooled me because he said, "I he, know what he said." He paused, and I'm thinking, "Wow." First of all, it would have been smart for them to go. Yeah. Right? Talk about the are they still a, Are they still a real group? They, they are still a band. But the highlights for me, number one, 
and it was hard to see if you were watching TV. Kadri printed up a shirt for him and his family saying too many men, which I think is absolutely hilarious. And his family watched from the crowd. A lot of interesting speeches. I'm sure the local television stations did not appreciate <laughs> Gabriel Landeskog dropping a couple of F-bombs. It was from the script of Slapshot. Right, right. And he wrapped himself in the Swedish flag and raised the cup. Uh, basically got half naked. That was memorable. But I think the most memorable speech of them all came from Jared Bednar when he came out and said right away, I'm going to try not to get too emotional. They gave me my first chance. His voice was shaking. And then he said this. To the players, okay? Uh, I, I couldn't be more proud of these guys. I, I, I can't even explain it. I couldn't put it in the words. I mean, these guys, everyone has a story, right? Everyone has a story. And I could go through every guy and the sacrifices they made for our team. And uh, I'm amazed by every single one of them. I'm so happy for them. I'm so proud of them. I love, the, I love these guys. I do. The party, the party left out was his own story. He has a story, too, right. that is just tremendously compelling. And he paid his dues all the way up through ECHL player, ECHL yeah. assistant coach, ECHL head coach, getting fired as an AHL head coach by the St. Louis Braves, right. going back to being an AHL assistant, being an AHL head coach, coming here when Patrick Waugh resigned. Right. What did he do? He did a pretty good job outside of that first no, what season. Is, what did Patrick Waugh do? He quit. I set it up for you there. He quit. He quit. He quit. They so, set it on national television. So he Jared, quit. Jared Bednar came in. Right. And when he came in, I did uh, what I still think is the definitive profile of him. And it's just he's just such a tremendous story. He's left right. behind along his path so many people who appreciate him and uh, more than that, love the guy. And he's he's turned out to be the right coach in the right place at the right time. Now, if he got hired at I don't know Columbus four years ago, right. maybe this would be a different story. I'm right. I'm the first one to admit it's the right place at the right time. He was the right place at the right time. However, with the huge underlying principle that he did get patience from the Cronkies and yep. he got patience from Joe Sack. I got to tell you, I'm not poking fun at Jared Bednar at all with what I'm about to say. I'm gonna guess he had more than a few beers. Is that probably fair to say? No, he's no, he doesn't drink beer. He doesn't. What does he drink? He drinks beer. Okay, there we go. I, you've had drinks before in the past. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, I have, Danny. I'm guessing you've had a couple of drinks Dan, in your no, lifetime. Dan, as well. Oh no, not Danny. No, not Danny. But have you ever been at a party where a guy has had enough to drink and he says, uh, "I love you guys." I love you, man. Have you ever been at a party where a guy does that? When you were younger, fraternity yes. party. And that's how Jared sounded at the end. I'm not poking fun at him, but it was heartfelt. It was emotional. And sometimes alcohol brings out your emotion in you. It accentuates it. But it was real and it was heartfelt. And for a guy who is seen as having no personality at all, it was wonderful to hear those words and even... With the emotion with the, which with which he said it. Well, they were absolutely genuine, you know. And let's yep. let's not be naive here. If this team just didn't have as much talent, and we're not on 
that we're not in the jet stream of celebrating a Stanley Cup, things would have been different. Sure. I mean, the, the feelings would not be expressed that way. But the, I think this team clearly, as much as any I've, I've seen in professional sports, and I've covered all four of them, this team are guys who genuinely like each other. They do. Now, mate Nathan McKinnon, well, let's, let's, the guys who spoke today, all right, Eric Johnson led the crowd in singing all the small things. And if you've ever had way too many drinks and you're trying to do karaoke, you tend to skip phrases in that song because you can't remember them. That was Eric Johnson leading the crowd in all the small things. For a guy who shows zero personality at all during television interviews, radio interviews, Kale McCarr had this unbridled enthusiasm, which was contagious, and he brings up Devin Tapes. And then Nathan McKinnon spoke. I don't have a ton to say. Um, it's been a long road coming to this point. Um, my ninth year, I finally won something, I guess, but... Uh, <laughs> no, we're super lucky to have the, the group we have. I know it's super cliche, but um, such amazing people on this team. Um, everyone's literally brothers with each other, so we feel super blessed. City of Denver, this parade was insane. We couldn't be luckier to have a group of fans like we have, so... Um, I'd like to thank everybody on the team organization and hopefully we can do this again one day. So thank you so much. I think most people got that inside joke. After last year's loss of Vegas, he sat yeah. there and said, I'm going into my ninth year and I haven't, we haven't won S. bleep. Right. And yeah. so that was, he, he even made reference to that remark several times over the course of the year as if it's, hold, it's out there as the carrot for him to right. finally meet that. Joe Sackick spoke, saying, first words out of his mouth, it's been 21 long damn years, and 21 years ago, he wore the C on his sweater. But I'll tell you the classiest thing that the Avalanche did, and you and I talked about it, I believe it was yesterday, the DU Pioneers were there, the Denver East High School team was there that won a national championship. The Littleton Pee Wee Hawks were part of the parade, the Mammoth were part of the parade. It was a celebration, clearly, of the Colorado Avalanche, but it was a celebration of, sorry, Detroit, of what Hockey Town <laughs> now is. Yeah, and I think we'll also see another another bump in the uh, explosion of ring construction and youth hockey participation. No question. And even, even uh, adult hockey participation. Danny, do you want to be on our lunch, on our Tavern League team? I'm more of a basketball guy than a hockey guy. Can you skate backwards, Eric? Nope. I think we're in trouble. Nope. Well, I don't want to be a part of the team. I'll be the coach. I'll, I'll walk on the ice after the game. But I, I'll, I'll, I'll try and jump over the board at the other. I'll jump over the glass at the other coach. But no, I will not be the one. Skating. But in all seriousness, if there was a bandwagon point in the history of this franchise, it was 96 when the team had just come here. And uh, we've had a, a lot of a lot of blank spots in the hockey history and development. Right. I mean, Denver had been a hockey town with the Rockies and DU and minor league teams and everything else, but it really took off after the 96 championship. And I see this because of the long delay between two Stanley Cups, the two Stanley Cup victories. I do see it as a, as a launching point for another, another explosion in both hockey interests, participation, and rinks. Coming up after the break, a lot of people around college football thought it was an earthquake, and it was. <clears throat> When Texas and Oklahoma announced they were joining the SEC, 
Well, today we had another huge earthquake that will absolutely rock college sports and potentially those tectonic plates will shift the college landscape forever. That news is next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Dan McKenzie and McKenzie Law. I did uh, my estate plan with him. So did my wife, Mandy. We also did our living wills through him. Uh, he explained everything. I had a lot of questions. He was patient with me. And I got to tell you, once that thing was done, I had a tremendous peace of mind knowing that the courts were not going to decide what I want to do. A doctor was not going to decide what I want to do. And to work with a guy like Dan, it's not that you have to be married. Being single, you want to get a living will. I'm telling you, you do. Even if you don't have a lot of money, that's okay. You want to get a living will. But if you have any type of assets, you want to make sure that you decide what you want to do, not have somebody make those decisions for you. Go with the best Dan McKenzie at the McKenzieFirm.com. We have some breaking news. A couple of things. According to Shams Charania, the Nuggets have signed center DeAndre Jordan to a deal, which basically means Boogie Cousins will not be coming back. I think the simplest way to put it, this would have been a great signing 10 years ago. I don't know if it's a great signing right now, because looking at what DeAndre Jordan has done recently, he has bounced from team to team. Uh, this past season, he played 16 games for the Sixers. He also played uh, for the uh, L.A. Lakers this year, averaging maybe 13 minutes a game. Not much of a factor. So he will probably replace Boogie Cousins. What he does do... Well, that's a bummer. He brings a, <laughs> he brings a lot of energy. That's what he does. He brings a ton of energy. I mean, the best portions of his career clearly were with the uh, L.A. Clippers when he was averaging 15 rebounds a game. 12 points and 15 rebounds a game, but he's just not the same guy. So maybe Calvin Booth knows something that we don't know. Also, according to our friend Mike Singer of the Denver Post, the Nuggets have agreed on a two-year deal to uh, convert Davin Reed to a standard deal. So he is going to be coming back. They bring back a defensive-minded guy. With that, time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. Major news coming out of college sports, specifically, let's call it like it is. This is linked to college football. USC and UCLA are going to leave the Pac-12 to join the Big Ten as early as 2024. 
Why do you think they're leaving? Because I certainly have more than a few ideas. Well, number one, money. Yep. The uh, the SEC and Big Ten, the projections are that they're going to get at least double the revenue as the other leagues. Well, they have television networks. Yes. Pac-12, no. Uh uh, or Pac, uh, the Pac-12 does, but it it doesn't have a lot of reach. Well, it's barely bit, viable. It right. Um, you have the Big 12; they don't, and the ACC. I think they might, but really, when you look at the Big Ten and the SEC in terms of money, they are the absolute powerhouses. It's kind of like back in the day with the Big Eight; it was the Big Two and the Little Six, Oklahoma and Nebraska, and that's what the SEC and the Big Ten are to the rest of college sports well and usc and ucla their grant of rights in the television agreement is only for one more year so right so it's, it's a flexible situation there and they, they will be essentially able be able to walk right and that's going to be a, a it, it's a it, it's a tough situation for me because i grew up on the west coast and as you know my father was the coach at oregon for 17 years so that's that's the program i grew up with the league i grew up with they still have to notify the Pac-12 officially. I think that's going to take place any second, right? And apply to the, and apply to the Big Ten. Um, but it also involves competitiveness and all oh, the landscape and and uh, the brand. The brand right now is is been diminished in it's the Pac-12. The, it's, all of the, all of that is true, but it's the money. Yeah, because of the I big, said the money is number one. It, first it, and and by, by far and away, but the it's kind of like Oklahoma and Texas leaving the Big 12. The two marquee programs... For are, 2025. Right. Are going to the SEC, and now the two marquee programs in the Pac-12 are going to the Big 10. Now, uh, academically, we know how great Stanford and Cal are. USC and UCLA, for those that don't know, really aren't that far behind. Oh, UCLA is a terrific school. And U- so is UCLA. USC is a private school that pretty much can admit anybody it wants, and so it it tells you how elite they are, but it's not necessarily true in football and basketball. Well, in football, they're going to be damn good with Lincoln Riley. I, I mean academically. Academically, they're, they're widely considered. They can get guys in. Well, according to U.S. News and World Report, which most people would say is the premier guide yes. for top universities in the country, USC and UCLA are routinely ranked in the top 25. Well, true, true. But USC, can, as a private school, can be far more flexible in getting sure. athletes into school right. than other schools. So with that, and we can go down a lot of different roads, uh, I had a text exchange with somebody who has intimate knowledge of what is going on with this situation. And he said to me, and I'll be honest with you, it's not that I don't believe him, and he knows what's going on. I said, is anybody else in the Pac-12 going? And he said, no. Now, I think that could change. Maybe as of right now, nobody is going. But I can tell you one school that will not be going, and that is Colorado. And they're going to be chasing. uh, They're going to be trying to keep Washington and Oregon in the Pac-12. Those are the two schools they absolutely will need to keep in. And I think Washington and Oregon will be looking to go elsewhere. There's no question they will be. And for Oregon C- has all that money. Washington has a lot of money. Right. And that's the, at the forefront of the perspective. Well, let's think about this in terms of the money aspect. The Big Ten now gets the Los Angeles television market. And if Washington goes, they get the Seattle television market. I understand the Denver television market is a top 20 market. What does Oregon bring? Portland. Mon- well, that's barely even top 30. Nike. They bring... Night money. Right. They do bring that, 
and they bring a pretty good football program and a pretty good basketball program. Yeah. I don't know what the other non-revenue sports do. But baseball, they, they decided to pick up baseball again after Oregon State won two consecutive World Series titles, and the Knight family decided we don't want to, we want to have a com- competing baseball program. It's been an absolute financial disaster. I'll tell you what I find to be kind of ironic. If I am not mistaken, and help me with the timeline, when CU went to the Pac-12, Mike Bone was <laughs> the athletic director. Where's Mike Bone, the athletic director now? USC. Oh. with And then he was in Cincinnati as well, who, by the way, moved to the Big 12. Yes. Okay. But with that, I can't remember if he said it or somebody else said it. When they made the move, we are going to a conference where we believe we are now on par academically with the schools in the Pac-12, which honestly is comical because they're nowhere near USC, UCLA, Stanford, and Cal. You're talking about the Harvard of the West. Well, no, I'm not. If that's what people want to say. But what I find to be so ironic is, is that the, that the conference that they snubbed their noses at, the Texas Techs of the world, mm-hmm. and Iowa State, you're not as smart as us, well, I got news for you. CU is going to be on its hands and knees with all of its Rhodes scholars and <laughs> and uh, uh, rocket scientists saying, please, pretty please, can we come back to your conference? Because I can tell you, they have no interest in going to the Mountain West. Well, the one thing we've learned is that they've abandoned all pretension for geographical alignment. It, it doesn't matter where you are anymore. Right. Although, Time zones matter, maybe, but not location. They definitely matter because... When you look at a Rutgers on the East Coast, we know why mm-hmm. Rutgers is in the Big Ten. It's because of the New York television yes. market. But what happens when Rutgers, let's say Rutgers was good, mm-hmm. and they go out to USC, and the game starts at, what, <laughs> 11 o'clock at night? Well, they'll, they'll have to start those games at 6, minimum. Mm-hmm. They'll have to start them at 6 o'clock minimum, West Coast time, to even start at 9 o'clock on the East Coast. So when... The person I talked to said no one else in the Pac-12 is going. I think you have to have some sort of a pod out there. Or schools. Right. Like what is going on? What conference just made a, a major shift? It happened yesterday. It's uh, Pitt's conference. Is it the ACC? That's, that's the ACC. ACC just came out with a new football schedule where there are pods. You're going to be playing certain teams every single year. So who is UCLA and USC going to play? Are they going to be traveling for for all their road games, two time zones? You got to have somebody else out there. And I think the Big Ten will grow. I think the SEC will grow. I think you're going to see teams like or schools like Clemson and Florida State and, and North Carolina get picked off to either move to the SEC or the Big Ten. And suddenly you're going to have two behemoths. You're not going to need the national championship committee anymore. The national championship is going to be the winner of the big 10 against the winner of the sec. And the other conferences are going to be left out. We're moving in that direction, but I don't think we're quite there yet. Um, No, we're not there yet. The pressure will be considerable to continue the movement. We've seen, but we've even seen the big 12 make the counter moves of adding BYU, Cincinnati, central Florida, and Houston. And that will, that will continue to the kind of the counter moves. So I would see one of the p- potential counter moves, and you will hear this almost immediately, I believe, is that Colorado State might be a candidate to to go into the Pac-12. I know CU fans are not going to want to hear this, but CSU's basketball program is better, and with Jay Norvell, their football program's better. 
and they will become more attractive because of that. And guess yeah, what? Have a new stadium, a good stadium. And, and oh, by the way, they happen to be in the Denver market too. I don't know what Colorado's really bringing to the table. Well, CSU's a pretty good academic school now too. Yeah, that, that I don't know if it is or not. I'm naive enough to, cons- I'm naive enough to think that that matters, especially to the Pac-12 presidents. They really do believe in that stuff. And I'm sure, I'm sure the Pac, the Big Twelve. You're saying CSU would go to the Pac-12. Pac-12. Wow. Well, that would that would make a nice geographical rivalry. Yeah, they have a the rivalry Mid- instead of playing Utah, trying to prop up Utah as Colorado's rival. Right. So then you have those three schools who would battle it out every year. And I think I think a lot of people around who would like to see CU play CSU or Air Force go in with CSU to the Pac-12. Right. But let's be honest, that's like watering down the pancake batter just so you can make more pancakes. Because honestly, if, if that if that is your conference, and already the Pac-12, even with UCLA and USC, have trouble getting into the national semifinals. What are you going to have now? Those- well, it's whoever wins the league. It is at least a candidate to be one of the four teams. Well, but, but even, and, and even when, the, they- when they're a candidate, they don't get in. It's usually the same teams, Alabama, Clemson, pick your favorite Big Ten team, and probably another SEC team. Pac-12 is irrelevant when it comes to college basketball and college football. And I understand every once in a while UCLA will have a good year. But then again, they're moving. Or maybe you have another good Pac-12 team in basketball. But in football, they're irrelevant when it comes to the national championship picture. And that's the way it has been for a very long time. Well, if you want to get away from having it be the SEC championship game replayed every year, then you do have to expand the playoff field at least eight schools. So you have the the power of five. Each has a a representative for sure. And then three at large spots. Well, I think that they will, but I think people from the big 10 and the SEC would say, why do we have to, we're going to start our own national championship gig Mm -hmm. we don't need these people we don't need to pay them we'll organize it ourselves because we are the big bullies on the block and we can do what we want to and we have the best teams anyway this is sort of like a replay of the college football association when it was breaking off essentially from the ncaa got involved in the lawsuit over the television rights which you can thank the college football association for being able to sit on your couch and watch 27 games in a row because that that was the outgrowth of a similar sentiment of we can run our own ship better than the NCAA. Yeah. Coming up after the break, told you at the top of the uh, top of the segment that um, the Nuggets have a new backup center, and it would've been great if he was here. I don't know, ten years ago, but they got him anyway. And the guy that I am referring to is DeAndre Jordan. Well, that's the Nuggets' move today. We know what they did yesterday. The Phoenix Suns could be making an earth-shattering move. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wild Card Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. You say that you are mine. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. 
If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Got some more breaking news. We knew this was going to happen, and now it is as official as it's going to get. Nikola Jokic has agreed to a super max, super max extension with the Nuggets. Five years, $264 million. There will be a player option at $60 million. Looking at the contract terms, Jokic will make roughly $53 million a season. We also mentioned at the top of the last segment that they have found the backup for Nikola Jokic. They brought in Ben Wallace. Uh, they brought him in for defense. That's why they brought him in. He was never much of an offensive player when he played. Ben Wallace. Oh, I said Ben Wallace to you. It's so funny. We were I planted a thought in your right. head. I said to Terry, I said, DeAndre Jordan is very similar to what Ben Wallace used to be. Not as good, but very similar. He was a a terrific defensive player, uh, Ben Wallace. A physical and, presence. Yes, and so is DeAndre Jordan. I mean, lo- looking at his numbers, what he did, and his resume, from 2014 to 2017, he was one of the most dominant players in the NBA. Uh All-Star, All-NBA first team, All-NBA third team, All-NBA defensive first team twice, rebounding leader. I don't think he's the same guy, but we know that the Nuggets are preaching defense, and they got a defensive guy, but he was never much of a scorer anyway. So are we writing off Boogie Cousins? Yes. Who was two years younger than him? Yes. We are writing him off. I really enjoyed watching Cousins play. Well, that's good. Uh, and Boogie Cousins is probably a better offensive player yeah. than DeAndre Jordan, but DeAndre Jordan is a better defensive player. Even in the even in the wake of this Supermax contract, the question I have is, and I really would like to explore the answer with somebody who knows what they're talking about, is how many minutes do you need your backup center to play? Do you want your backup center to play behind Jokic? During the regular season? You don't want Jokic playing 40 minutes a game. You want him maybe playing 32 to 34 minutes a game. So doing the math, Jordan will maybe play 10, 12, 14 minutes a game, mm-hmm. but he'll be in there to play defense. That's what he'll be in there to mm-hmm. do because he was never much of a scorer. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Low T99. Testosterone treatment made easy and affordable. For just $129 per month, they'll send you testosterone, supplies, and the price includes lab work. Go to LowT99.com. Well, right now is the start of NBA free agency, but a bomb dropped right before the start of it. Kevin Durant has asked the Brooklyn Nets for a trade, and the Nets have given Durant and his agent permission to look for another team. Durant, not surprisingly, Mr. Frontrunner, is reportedly <laughs> targeting the number one seed in the East this year, the Miami Heat, and the number one seed in the West, the Phoenix Suns. He wants to win. What's wrong with that? Maybe he should win on his own instead of joining the Golden State Warriors uh, after they had been to the finals two years in a row and had won a title. Then he finally goes off on his own. He did He did go to the NBA Finals with Westbrook and Harden and Serge Ibaka with the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's a team that was all drafted by Sam Presti. But then he thinks, I'll just do it on my own. I'll go to Brooklyn. And he's just blown that whole team up. That's what he's done. Now he wants to. The great players don't do that. You don't think so? No. There's nothing. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. We saw the, we saw the mystical atmosphere out there today for a team that won a championship. 
a guy wanting to go somewhere where he can help them win a championship. When you are a, I have nothing. I have. I have no problem with. When that. you are a superstar and you are judged on titles, and you need to go to a winner by who? By whom? What do you mean by whom? If you're being judged by by whom? Are, you, I, are we talking about media? Are we talking about fans? Are I don't. About I don't contemporaries give. Okay. Or, I'll, I'll just speak for me. I don't give Kevin Durant credit for winning a title he joined a team he was part of a title he was part of it yeah he joined a championship he counted he got a ring he joined a championship team go do it on your own like everybody else does not everybody else does somebody has to go somewhere to win uh well lebron won a title without great players around him he proved he could do it yeah yes he joined the heat i'm with you then he joined a lakers team i get it however uh lebron was there before anthony davis was there okay we're going to disagree on this i have no problem with it well to me he's a fraud He's a front runner, and to me, he'll never be a legitimate guy with titles because he joined a team that went to the finals two years in a row. He had to get his ring, so he had to join a winner. You know what? Join a team maybe that isn't that great. Do what Jokic does. He's not He's not asking to go anywhere. Luka Doncic isn't asking to go anywhere. Tim Duncan didn't ask to go anywhere. They have the right to do it, though, and I wouldn't be I wouldn't belittle them if they decided. I am. To be, do I, that. I, I well, I I wouldn't belittle them, but I would say you have to you have to join a team that's already won a title, and so you can say you have one. How about do it on your own? Maybe build a team around you. So, and you know what? That's what he tried to do in Brooklyn, and he failed miserably. So uh, to have your legacy improved and mark yourself as a great player. Should you have to go to a team that was under 500 the year before or non-playoff team or great, what, what team should you have to go to? Greatness to me is defined by being on a team and winning with that team when they do put peace around you. And you have to have pieces around you. I get it. But he, but he didn't even win with Oklahoma City. He had to join a team that went to the finals two years in a row, a team that had Curry, Draymond Green, and Clay Thompson. And now he has a ring. Goody for you. Well, he may not get his wish for the, one of those two teams. Where else could he end up? Well, that's where he wants to go. The Nets are going to wait for the best deal. Now they've, I, made it, they've made it clear to him that they're not going to just send him where he wants to go. No, but that's where he prefers. I'll ask you. The Nuggets are not going to be able to trade for him. Let's make that very clear. Because of an NBA rule having to do with rookies on on, on deals that and get... max extensions. Okay, so with that, he will not be able to come here. But would you want him here? Could you? Well, that, that's a theoretical question. I mean, right. But is there some way they could work a three-team deal to be able to get him here? Um, Maybe, but I wouldn't want him. I would. I sure as hell would. I would trade him for anybody including two guys on the roster. Okay. Well, first of all, you'd be perfect to package MPJ and Murray, but you can't trade him in the Nets because no. Ben Simmons is already on that but team. If, but if you can bring in, if you he's on a rookie con, rookie designated contract. Right. So. And to, just to sum it up, you cannot have two guys on one team coming off a rookie scale max extensions that have been acquired via trade. Ben Simmons is in that situation currently with the Nets. And right now, you have Murray and MPJ in that situation if they got traded, so you can't have two of those guys on the Nets. Danny, would you want Kevin Durant on this team? In a heartbeat. Not me. Want me to tell you why? Why? Sure, you're wrong, but you can tell me. I'll tell you why. <laughs> because if Jokic blows out his knee, Durant's going to want to go someplace else. That's fine. If Jokic blows out his knee, they're not going to win anyway. That's fine. And for all the capital that you gave up for Kevin Durant, now you're stuck holding the bag. Do whatever you have to do to get he, Kevin Durant. He's here. Gonna, yeah, that's including putting together a three-sided deal that 
somehow gets around the uh, NBA uh, nothing but attorneys league. Yeah, well, we can agree to disagree. How concerned are you if Durant goes to the Suns? Not concerned. Really? The well, Suns have choked the last couple of years, so they'll find a way to do it again with or without Kevin Durant. I'm concerned because I just why got he's a saying, champion. He won with the Warriors. He's not a choker. He has a ring. Yeah, I, but he was he was uh, not the guy on the Warriors. That was still Steph Curry's team. He would be the fair. guy in Phoenix. I'm he wouldn't be the guy here because it's still Jokic's team. Well, you can make the case it would be Booker because that is still his team. It's his team. I would worry about it because I've just got through saying the Nuggets should do move mountains to get him. So I'm not going to say he wouldn't affect positively the Suns. He would. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you where. Even if Durant went to the Suns, Aiton was terrific on Jokic, and who's going to guard Jokic on that roster? And I don't know what the answer is. Right? Who's going to guard him? Jokic will have a field day. Now, who's going to guard Durant? It's not going to be Michael Porter Jr. I'm sure of that. <laughs> what do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it? CBS Sports ranked NFL head coaches for the 2022 season. They had some interesting criteria, so we'll talk about that, see where Nathaniel Hackett falls, and talk about the top 10 as well. That's coming up next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, mileisports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at tfry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, CBS Sports ranked NFL head coaches for the 2022 season by asking and answering two questions. Who do we trust most and who's best positioned to succeed? Their top 10 is as follows. Number one, Andy Reid. Number two, Sean McVay. Number three, Bill Belichick. Number four, Mike Tomlin. Number five, John Harbaugh. Six, Sean McDermott. Seven, Matt LaFleur. Eight, Pete Carroll. Nine, Kyle Shanahan. Ten, Mike Vrabel. Anyone from that top 10 seem out of order to you? Bill Belichick's got to be number one. And I'm not saying he's positioned to win another championship this year. But he, I think he's the best coach in the NFL. What's he done without Tom Brady? <laughs> he has not won. Oh. But you, you well, can say that, that about virtually anybody in the league with a quarterback. <clears throat> Absolutely. You have to win. You have to have a good quarterback to win, and that doesn't make you a worse coach. Well, you, you can make the case that Patrick Mahomes and Andrew Reed, Andy Reid are a perfect pair. Is that and, why Andy Reid is number one? Because he got a good quarterback? Yep. 
I think that helps a lot. And, you know, they won a Super Bowl. Was he a good coach before that? He was, yeah. a, he was a very good coach, but he wasn't able to win titles. I'd put Mike Tomlin higher, too. Mike Tomlin's fantastic. At the bottom of the list, there, there are a couple I could have flipped, but I think that's just kind of nitpicking. Sure. I was kind of surprised to see Pete Carroll up there because right. similar to Bill Belichick, we don't know what he's going to do without Russell Wilson, but he has had Russell Wilson for a long time. He's going to, be, he's going to have a top five draft pick. That's what he's going to have if he goes <laughs> with Geno Smith or Drew Locke. But I'm guessing they'll find a way to try and get Baker Mayfield. Uh, also on that list, of course, there was a tier called the New Kids on the Block and Nathaniel Hackett, a part of that tier. Uh, he was number 23 behind Brian Dable and Mike McDaniel. Do Dable and McDaniel's former roles make them worthy of higher rankings than Hackett as they coach the Giants and Dolphins, respectively, who, in my opinion, are not as well-positioned to succeed as the Denver Broncos. Mike McDaniel is such a terrific story, having grown up as, as around the Broncos organization and actually going to Smoky Hill High School. He's just a tremendous story if you followed it at all, but that doesn't mean he's going to be a better coach because of it. We'll find out. He's a, he's quirky, and that that's kind of refreshing. I'm going to be excited to see how he develops. I'm going to use another term that isn't as complimentary. Goofy? Immature. I think he's an immature kid, and that's one reason why he had a difficult time getting a head coaching job despite having all of the qualifications. A little bit like, not the same, a little bit like when Josh McDaniels got his first stint. I'm not suggesting Mm -hmm. he's Josh McDaniels, but the way he has answered some of his questions at press conferences, I I don't know what this guy's going to be like if they go on a four-game losing streak. He's quirky, I admit it. and He's he's very quirky. He should really look up at the the story Brian and Blake Olson did for Channel 9 20 years ago about him as a a young Broncos fan. He was a ball boy. Isn't it interesting that a ball boy can become a head coach in the NFL yet so many former players who want to be even assistant coaches can't get jobs I don't look at it that way I do he's qualified he's going to do I didn't say he's job. not I didn't say he's not qualified what I'm saying is there are way too many guys who want to be coaches in the NFL but can't because of the good old boys network well, we're sitting here lionizing Jared Bednar who paid his dues coming up through did not play in the NHL mm-hmm. Mike McDaniel was a college football player I'm talking about bringing in a guy as a quality control coach and those guys those former NFL players can't get those jo- those jobs either the only way you can get those jobs is if you start at the age of like 22 or 23 and you work your way up and everybody knows you and everybody likes you but I can promise you I can promise you there are very few coaches guy at the lower levels who know more about football than guys who've actually played it so are they better than Nathaniel Hackett? Nathaniel Hackett grew up around football, too. His are, father are, was a coach, clearly. Are they better than Nathaniel Hackett? What I'm saying is, starting day one... Did Nathaniel Hackett get a job because his father was connected in football? Absolutely. At some point, probably, Absolutely yes. he did. And he worked his way up, and good for him. What I'm saying is, is that former NFL... Remember, NFL players, let's say they retire at the age of 32. They're old to start on that chain of moving up the ladder. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of... They also, many of them, don't want to coach. Well, but there are a lot that do, and they just don't get that opportunity. Because I have more than a few friends who want to coach in the NFL and can't, and they are more than qualified to do it. And age has a lot to do with it, a lot more than people think. You're not going to hire a guy at the age of 32. 
but you will hire a guy at 22 at a low level, and then he works his way up. He's been in the league for 10 years, and suddenly he's getting a defensive coordinator position. And race has a lot to do with it, too. Period. Race has a lot to do with it. No question. And and I'm not going to jump on the Brian Flores bandwagon, uh, and I'm certainly not going to jump on the Eric Bieniemy bandwagon because he's the wrong poster child for that argument. You're not on that bandwagon. I, Eric Bieniemy is the wrong guy to be propping up. This guy should be a head coach. He's not a head coach for a lot of reasons. Has nothing to do with race. He's just not good. Period. He's not good, and he doesn't have the temperament. And that's why nearly half of the NFL teams have turned him down to be a head coach. Race has a lot to do with it, but so does age. When you start at the age of 22, when you start as a ball boy and you get to know people in the organization and you soak everything up, you're going to move up the ladder. I don't, I don't begrudge. But he went off to college after being a ball right, boy. Right. I don't begrudge somebody. He wasn't in the organization the entire time from I don't, the time he was I don't begr- 14 years I old. I don't begrudge somebody working their way up. I worked my way up through television. I don't begrudge them. But what I do have a problem with is a guy retires at the age of 32 and nobody wants to touch him. You know why? Because a lot of these guys are looked at by coaches. Well, you're entitled. You probably don't want to work as hard as us or we're not going to even give you a chance. That's the way they're looked at. I've talked to too many former players who want to be coaches, and that's what they are told. That was Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it. Their sales staff really sets them apart because you walk into a big box store, you see a bunch of young kids there who are eventually going to do something else. When you go to Mountain High Appliance, this sales staff has been there for a long time. They can help you redesign your entire kitchen, get you something to fit your budget. Go to Mountain High Appliance. They're going to help you tremendously. You have questions, they have all the right answers, or they have all the answers that they can help you with to get what you need. You can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, Avalanche had a parade today. What did Jared Bednar say? What did Nathan McKinnon say? You're going to want to hear that next.